Start with your mama jokes. Actually, I do have some follow-up. Okay. But I'll let you go. Well, maybe we have the same thing here, but um, Mike uh, points out to us that he said, I just listened to the bit about accelerators in the most recent podcast, number 159. What was that one t- entitled, John? The show? Yeah, 159. I don't know. I'm a fire and forget <sighs> guy. How do you not know Good this? Daysirpodcast.com. <laughs> Trees and blobs. Trees and Trees and blobs. Oh, blobs. I was almost read something else. He says, I thought I'd add a quick note on our experience and use of them. We are a, and I hope he doesn't mind me using this. Uh, <clears throat> we're a small company and I'm a solo admin dev with no prior experience with Salesforce before my current job. And I look at accelerators as a first step to give me a quick start on the various products if I don't have time to attend a course. Does it, and first of all, let's stop right here. Is it has the marketing and product product marketing fluff gotten so bad that the only way to figure out what a Salesforce product does is basically to take a course on it? Yes, because they're they're because they're the website and the product marketing is so shrouded well, in BS speak that you can't tell what the thing actually does. No, I'm, I'm, it does. No, I'm, that's, I'm, it, don't say no. Let me clarify okay. that. It has not gotten worse. It has just, always been that. It's always been. That. I don't know. I feel like in the past it was like, yeah, we're a CRM. We do CRM things. No. It's always been fluff. Yeah. The no software, it, it's software, but they're claiming no software. It's software. That that's truly just marketing fluff. I'm talking about actual product features, things that it does. Anyway, all right. Uh, he says the accelerator team. Usually, it's just one person, a team of one. Party one, party one. John Santiago, party one. It's a me party. Yep. <laughs> um, where am I? The team. Uh, you're paired with rarely, if ever, does any actual config development. That reminds me of the, what's the UP? Do I have the UPS? Was it UPS? I'll have to find that. Oh, I do have that somewhere. Hang on. That just came up. Um, is it this? Come on. I just saw it. UPS wave file name. There we go. Is it this? Can you believe that guy? UPS. No, hang on. Where's the, uh, come on. We think there. you need to integrate your global supply chain. Move assembly overseas. And accelerate inventory velocity. Great. <laughs> Do it. Sir, we don't actually do what we propose. We just propose it. Yeah. UPS can help. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So he says they don't, they don't actually ever do any Actual config or development, especially nothing in production. They won't, they won't even touch production, no deployments. They use relatively cookie-cutter PowerPoints, and they customize, quote, unquote, customize the deliverable to your use case by removing irrelevant slides. <laughs> I bet they're using oh, quips for rich. that. Quip, yeah, they, you think yeah, so? Not, not, no, you know what? I bet you they are not. I bet, they're, I bet you they're using... PowerPoints that are stored on their hard disk and they're running like, you know, Microsoft Office 2003. I'll, I'll do one better. They're, they're using PowerPoints on SharePoint. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> that, that's, that's too far. That's too far. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he says they, they fill in various pieces given your scenario. So he says, typically I use them as a free, well, included in professional services, resource to bombard them with questions. Then once I've got an understanding of the product's hip capabilities, such as marketing, cloud, community, et cetera, I'll seek out a consulting resource to actually get in the weeds with if it's not something I have time or expertise to do myself. In many ways, it seems that accelerators are a strategy for Salesforce to lower the barrier to working with a partner since it feels like it's free and included, but usually ends up as a gateway to passing you to a partner. That's a gateway drug. 
That's actually a really good description. And yes, that was the same follow-up that I wanted to do. I also, I, um, I bounced this up. With one exception, I call him Diva Mike. Diva Mike? Oh, you yeah. do? Why is that? Because only divas go by their first name. Oh, just his first name? <laughs> well, maybe. Well, because he doesn't want only to be divas known by his go by name. one That's name. Fine. Yeah. What's wrong with that? No, I, I, I bounced this off of uh, someone else, another consultant I know who, who has been involved with these um, accelerators. And this person said that, I think they used a wave accelerator, but actually in this case, Salesforce did some work. But I wonder is I wonder if that was a It's probably it, the premier support side of things. Yeah, right? and there's well yeah. See, that's where this gets confusing because you, you get premier support and you get this accelerator option, but you also have like the what is it, the and I I'm is it the Turk? Okay, first the, of all, hang the, on. Let me let me pause for a second. I think I said professional services. It's I, I think he means he said PS, I think he means premier support. He uses them as a part of premier uh, premier support. That's what it that's what it is. It's part of premier support. Anyway, um, so they kind of have like a, oh, wow, this has changed. Huh? What are you looking at? I, John, we cannot see your screen. Okay. Well, do you remember some time ago, I, I, we talked about Mechanical Turk, right? Probably. But now it's changed. I Me- went to Mechanical Turk Amazon and it's, it's this AI thing now. Didn't well, it used to be it, like it's, like, it's a, like manual AI. It's there's just very human very intelligence lowly. Yeah, through yeah. an API is what this mechanical Turk site says now. It is, but it's it's not it's not AI though. Well, it is actual human. It's actual humans that, that just respond and do this work for you. Well, why are they calling it artificial? Are these artificial humans? They might be. That's they grew them specifically yeah, they're, to, to. They're feeding them soylent and uh, <laughs> keep them. <laughs> I don't get this world we live in anymore. You know Everything what? It's rebranded could, as AI, and it's real people. They could make a Black Mirror episode out of that. Have you have you watched Black Mirror? I just started it, but I'm started. So my this, wife did. My okay. wife, she got recommended. She said it's like Twilight Zone on on well, crack. And and you have to one thing you have to keep in mind is apparently Amazon bought that show a year or two ago, or season or two ago. It was originally a British show. In fact, it may still be a British show. But it was definitely, you know, produced in somewhere in the UK. But us Americans made it better as we do. And I don't think it was. I, don't, I was going to say BBC. I don't think it was BBC. It's one of, one of the one of the British production companies or channels, whatever. You know, they go by they, their their channels are national, and they say like you know channel two or channel four, whatever it is. Yeah. Like everyone in the whole country knows what that means. Whereas yeah. in America, like you go one town over, and it's a different system well, altogether. No, yeah, our equivalent would be like Fox or ABC. Uh, or you'd something. have to say it, or yeah. you know, you guys, I guess you could say KDFW. People know the, the call sign for your local yeah. Fox station. Um, but anyway, no, uh, originally it was British. So, you know, produced by this British company. So the, I'm, I'm on season two. Now, of course, this is how, you know, this is the, this is a tell. You, you can totally tell it's a British show when they consider a season to be three, maybe four episodes. That's a season. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know who the Brits think they're, 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 they're pulling a fast one on us. We're not that dumb. <laughs> Always be That's not a season. England. That does not count and as a season. England shall be free now. <laughs> anyway, uh, we shouldn't have had those beers at lunch. It's going to uh, change the show. Mechanical Turk is now an AI. Uh, what was I saying? Anyway, um, I think that after Amazon bought them, I, I'm guessing it changed the show a little bit. I'm not sure. No, it's not, I keep saying Amazon. I think it was Netflix that bought them. I was going to say Netflix because yeah, it's on sorry, Netflix. Sorry. Either that or Amazon let Netflix have it, which I don't see them doing. But it, No, I could totally see them making... A show about Mechanical Turk because the the show is all about how kind of these slightly futuristic ways in which technology is just going to like kind of almost like destroy humanity, just turn us into a horrible, horrible, horrible beings. Um, So along those lines, uh, someone said that what I was describing as building this kind of pre-built, what I was calling accelerator was actually a lightning bolt. 
Bolt, that's it. I've heard of this. Yes, that's another service I have. Maybe that's the one where they actually do stuff for you. They actually do stuff. Unlike the the UPS consultants, (laughs) they actually (laughs) do the things they recommend. Uh, No, so maybe I'm building a Bolt. I... But what happens when? No, I'm sorry. Bolt is the community thing. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was going to uh, say. I, I, you know, it probably used to be something else, and they've rebranded it now. It's a different thing now. How many different? Well, I, maybe I'm building an Einstein, but now Einstein is passe. So now I'm building a my 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 a my bolt. I don't know. It's mine. How many different like weather phenomena can they possibly use? You know, you have to avoid the the destructive ones that kill people. I mean, you know, lightning bolts kill people. Shouldn't they? You know, why are they? How could they possibly be so uh, politically incorrect and insensitive about this, John? People die from lightning bolts. Lightning is how fast. Do you, how does Salesforce think of how do, uh, the family members uh, of you know deceased people who have been struck down by lightning bolts? How do they, how do they feel about it? <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't call something a tornado, would you? Or a hurricane? This this is a this is a sign that we have no content today. <laughs> exactly. So we're stretching case, every little every little topic we can we out. <laughs> Anyway, and we had two beers at lunch. All right. So, w- what was your uh, follow up? So anyway, um, thanks well, for the follow up, Mike. Well, that was it in the end that I was going to say that it, it sounds like what I was building is Lightning Bolt, but I thought Lightning Bolt was a community thing. Um, mine's not a community thing. It's just it, again, it was called an accelerator to me. But okay, it's a different type of accelerator. Who knows? Uh, I've been working with the Lightning Design System again for some things, and um, I discovered something new. Uh, there's an Einstein card now. Can you believe it? Card? Yes. What does that mean? It means it has a little header with a bunch of clouds and a little Einstein character on it. You know, like a UI card? Yes. Okay. That's oh, weird. Yeah, you could see, put, you can embed Einstein in all of your apps. So now, just, yeah, just I'm just going to, and that's exactly my point. I'm just going to like, everything I put on the screen that I custom build, it's going to have the Einstein header on it. You can raise your rates by 50% if you yep, do that. It's Einstein. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Salesforce raised their rates by they look at they literally raised their rates by putting the name Einstein in front of all their additions, right? Yeah, you remember that yeah. up twenty five percent. By the way, uh, while it, we're, it, if it wasn't true, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't make this up. <laughs> uh, did I did I I I'd said before that I was kind of pissed at Salesforce for uh, uh, using the Einstein name and turning it into a, a way to sell uh, CRM, right? And then I realized that the the foundation that owns the Einstein name or the brand um, basically whore the name out to anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, they like. And I said, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop harping on it. I'm definitely going to stop harping on it because they have basically sold his likeness to become a little, sure. little AI robot. Have right. you seen that? No. A little little Einstein robot that talks to you. and You can ask it questions. Basically, basically in a, an Alexa. I'm, Oh, but Alexa, this is, stop. Yeah. Cancel. Uh, cancel. This is not, but this is not <laughs> a Salesforce echo. thing. No, it's not a Salesforce thing, oh, but it's an Echo. It's a little okay. Einstein character. It's actually really creepy looking. Um, but it's a little Einstein. And I remember seeing it at, advertised, I think, around Christmas time. Or maybe it's a Kickstarter or something. I don't remember. But either way, it's this little Einstein character. And he even does that little, that famous picture where he sticks his tongue out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just okay. really creepy. Can, can you do that again, John? So I can get a photo of that? No. We can make it the, we can make it the episode art. Do we episode. have episode art? No, we don't. But I'll talk to our post production manager about that. Yeah, post production manager says no. <laughs> you know, this is the problem that Salesforce faces when they when they li- they license the name Einstein, but it's yeah. all but it's only you know the li- it's a limited license. It's it's it probably says that no one else can put the name Einstein on their software or their their web service. But well, you can but you could but li- the the Einstein likeness and name is used for plenty of other things. 
Yeah, and so and, I'm thinking the brand is going to get, especially in this world of AI, where everyone wants to convey smartness and they want to convey intelligence. And and who's the first name that comes to mind is Einstein or Tesla. And you know we're we're basically watering down these names to where they don't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Tesla is now a crappy car that that you can buy that's Uh-oh. all electric. Oh, that that's controversial. No, it's not. I did research, and um, the fit and finish on those cars. Right. They are. They do have. Um, they're they're rating for like how how often they have to go to the shop and get repairs. It's pretty high. I've seen them in the wild and in like the door frames and the alignment of things. That it hurts my ears, John. It literally hurts my ears. Turn your volume down. Now I've got my volume where I need to hear your voice, but when you pop your cork right in the microphone on purpose, I don't it's, mean it's to. Loud. It's right here. I'll. Yes, you do mean to. I watch you do it all the time. You got a mute button there too. I'm the only one with the. Well, you, I have one, but it just doesn't work with. Condenser mics. So you don't have a mute button? Nope. Tried to give you one what? for Christmas, but you didn't you didn't like it. You tried to give me a mute button? <laughs> I gave you that that button what? thingy. Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. That doesn't do mute. I thought it might be able to do something, but it didn't. So anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, so- I've fallen in love with the CSS again. With uh Oh, CSS, I was getting okay. kind of bored with it. It was kind of getting kind of mundane, kind of. Um, did you get into CSS tedious. grid? What did you? What happened? What? What got you? What got you back into it? I got into CSS animations. Animations, okay. And the keyframes. Oh, I love keyframes. So this has been around for a long time. I, did you just didn't get into it or what? It's just you couldn't use them. But now, uh, you, now it's it's. There's been enough time and there's enough browsers. There's enough what, people saying. What about use the latest browser or you're screwed? And um, IE kind of the latest I, Edge kind of supports it now, so I can start using them. A lot of these things, when it comes to CSS, yes, it's been out for a while, but I I tend to try to err on the side of you know how many browsers support this and how many browsers don't. So animations should be supported by IE eleven Edge and then all the current. So CSS animation goes. I'm looking at can I use right now? It goes back farther than I even track. That, that's what I'm wondering why. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, what about uh, did you, have you ever use Green Sock? Mm-mm. No. You ever looked at it or no? What is it? Really, Green Sock. Okay, well you should. You I'm gonna should, look it up. You might like that. You look at Green Sock. What is it? It's all about animation. Uh, no, I use an app called Hype that I think does. No, you don't want an app. That you don't want an app. Why not? Why? Yeah. Because you don't want an app that does your app. I want an app that does my CSS for me. No. So I can just draw it and make it look pretty. Anyway. No, but anyways, I mean, I. It, honestly, I just really didn't have much, enough reason to use the animations, and I, I got an opportunity to kind of use them a little bit more this time. And I, I really do enjoy using them when I do use them. Um, I animate all the things, right, John? Well, see, that's the thing; it takes balance. And you could you could go crazy and start animating the crap out of everything, but the problem is, is you you end up ruining the user experience. You end up using the the pop and the snap of your application because now everything's waiting for an animation to finish. How about uh, that? What was the, the the kind of the rainbow gradient animated GIF that was like it was a horizontal rule, but it was like the rainbow and it just like constantly. Yeah. Like <laughs> so the, I, I, well, I'll go back to you one can of animate the, your under construction icons, John. Have Have I talked about graph? I've talked up. I've talked about graphics before. Graphics. Graphics. I'm not sure you have. <laughs> I have. That was the name that. Uh, oh, your your thing you built. Yeah. Yeah. I, my I my, ax, my cool my really cool access database <laughs> that uh, we called graphics. Wow, that's and it was G R A F X graphics. 
your really cool access database. That you kind of that that's quite a juxtaposition. Of and this wasn't like claims there. it wasn't like me sitting at home building this application that I thought was cool. This was me building it for a company. It's gonna be a title. Really cool access database. <laughs> uh, those were the days. Those were the days when um, uh, I could do anything. We we even built a when some when a certain person logged in, we built the translator that would change the text of everything into some garbly goop. I'm, just, I'm still running across. I'm person. still running across the access database uh, today. A client that's got they run a, I mean a considerable organization on access and FileMaker Pro. <laughs> and oh wait, there's also a one of their main apps that kind of runs the organization is it runs on a like a, a D base one of the X base variants. So that's uh-huh. always fun. Remember what? the remember the, like the good old uh, gold mine and act migrations when that before they were SQL Server. Good old, they'll still happen. <laughs> what are you talking about? Good old days. Oh, I won't touch those anymore. Screw that. Hey, let me send remember that act converter. That's, that's good money. App that we we used to use that we like, but we bought and then because act did some weird stuff. I, mean, I think act intentionally obfuscated their data because uh, it was a it was a D base database, but like a lot of their um, certain data types like date times things like that they, you know they had their own. Basically, encoding of some sort, or you know, the, the way that it was serialized was custom, and so you couldn't, yeah. you know, I don't know, unless you, some company figured out how to like decode those, yeah, and they made they wrote that little tool that would do that for you. Yeah, I I remember that tool, and I also used another tool that I used for kind of parsing out emails. I forgot which application I use it for, but there, there, yeah, there there's some vendors out there, and they're kind of old school vendors, and they deal with this kind of really obscure stuff, and I'll just be like, is that yeah, that's that would take now, me that would take me a couple of days to figure out, and you're offering it me for like two hours of my rate. Yes, so, I'm buying, and I'll I'll deal with your yeah, format. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's not like it's not like I'm cheating anything. It's just that okay, I've got this data out, and it's in a format that I now I can deal with, and I deal with it. So but, it kind of saves both of us time and money. Do these things fall into your category of? Because um, you know, these guys. I, feel, I have this theory that these guys that make these tools that for all this like. I mean, old act stuff, COBOL stuff, whatever. Like they're making a ton of money. Does this fall into your category? What do you? What do you? What is it? It's um, selling your selling your soul to make to be wealthy or whatever. That you were no, because they built something real. Well, okay, okay. I'm gonna remember that. It's not, it's Next not, time you claim someone sold their soul, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that claim because if it's if they built something real, then that, apparently that's a defense to that particular. Uh, I'm claim. not against making money. I'm just saying it that it, that certain people give up their ethics to make money. I mean, I mean, they could have the, just they could have just published the a web. They could have just published a web page that said, "Oh, this is how you that, that's a stupid date time. Just flip this bit, and you can get the value, and then you can decode an access database at that point, or not an access act. Sorry, act. Ex- well, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm maybe my iterative logic site is too free, and I should charge money for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, sure I'm sure that's your key to wealth right there. Anyways, pop in the stack. Uh, so the reason I brought that up was was because you can go overboard with animations, and and I try to use them really no, you sparingly. Can't. You can't have enough animations on a web page, John. It's, it's proven fact. It's a science. It, it's like those <laughs> like those web 1.0 days where you had the marquee counter. Oh, yeah. It showed that how many nice people day. visited, and you had the the scrolling text and the 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 gifts. Yeah, gifts everywhere. Oh, the gifts. Yes. All the gifts. Anyway. Anyways, I, I found a reason to use them in, in a good way. Um, one of the really nice ways that I found was um, I wanted to show there was kind of a wizard format, and I wanted to show the that that the question was coming in, and it seemed weird, jarring to have it just kind of flash on the screen. The next you have question. like a like sound effect. No, no, 
I started out with a kind of sliding animation, but the, the because the width can grow so much on the screen, you could have like a really tiny screen, a phone, or you could have a really big screen, an IMAX screen, 5K. Yeah. And the animation, because of the animation routine, and it would scroll, and now you have to wait. Now you're waiting. You click a button, and you wait for the animation, and you're waiting. Um, so I ended up going with like a fade in technique for that, so it would actually fade in. So it accomplished my goal of being able to kind of give a visual indicator that you're on the next question, because... As you select answers, it switches to the next question automatically. Um, and my problem was, okay, if you're not clicking next, because there was a next indicator or next button, uh, my, my fear was that people would click an answer and then click next thinking they had to click next. So I ended up just kind of simplifying the navigation to where every time you clicked an answer, mm. it would move to the next yeah. one. But I wanted, still wanted a visual indicator that something happened. Yeah, because if, if it flashes so fast, you might not even see that the question changed. Right? right, yeah. And then I came across the other problem, which is, okay, that's fine, but now there's no indication that you did something. For someone new to this interface, if you click and for some reason the system's taking a while either because they're on a slow internet connection or Salesforce is slow because this was built on VisualForce, it looks like nothing happened. And so you probably end up start clicking and clicking and clicking again. And so, okay, I was like, okay, well, now I want a progress indicator, some kind of like, you know, loading indicator or something that says I'm working. Um, but my original implementation was you click on it and you get the, the indicator. And so every time you're seeing this kind of indicator pop up, and it, it's really annoying. Every time I click a question, I see this indicator pop up, indicator pop up. So what I did to solve that is I put a delayed animation on it to where it fades in the, the loading indicator. And so what that did is that bought me time. When you click on the answer, it doesn't show up because it's, it's still fading in. And by the time, if, if the system is responds fast enough, then you don't see it because it switches the screen and now you're fading in the next question. Um, so mm -hmm. I found what I felt was good uses of the animation versus just kind of animating for the sake of animating. Yeah. Well, I, th I think I speak for the entire Good Day Sir Army when I say we expect animated GIFs of your animations. Hmm? <clears throat> yeah. I want you to make some animated GIFs of your animations so we can see them. Okay. Visuals. We need visuals. It's hard. Oh, you want it's, hard. To... it's hard to understand what you're talking about. Oh, I tried. Anyway. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, animations. Have Use them sparingly. I have a question. But sometimes for you. they're useful. Yeah, I remember when uh, what was it? Thirty-seven signals guys that made the um, the yellow fade became so popular that was like one of the mm. kind of original web app animations. Just an indication indication that like something something new showed up. Like in your case, like a, yeah. something switched out or something was disappearing. Like you could. They do the yellow fade and then fade it out or whatever. Anyway. I, fi I find those kind of animations useful. Like, it, it, uh, uh, I, I guess what Salesforce calls them, and I guess what, I'm not, is that what they need? A, a toast? You know, something comes up, it comes up, it shows you, and toast is at the top, away. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, nowadays I see toasts, they, they fly down from the top and then they like fly back up and they're done. They don't, f I guess they could fade out on a, also, uh, what, you know what a candy bar is? <laughs> I think candy bars are like, they're different, they're shaped more rectangularly and they come up from the bottom. Hmm. These are weird. But who decided that? Who decided that toast is from the top and know. candy bars from the bottom? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, toast pop up, but candy bars. Maybe, maybe I've got it. Maybe I've got it backwards. No, a toast is definitely on the top. A toast is on the I've top. I've never heard the term candy bar, but, so that's a new a one to me. That's a great point. A toast does not come in from the top. Toast pops up. It does. But it could be like a toast. Ting. It's a little ting. I don't you know. You no, toast someone. That's ting. not what that is. Hit them over Did the Did you think that's what that was? No. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm trying to justify it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have a serious question for you. Uh-oh. This is serious. 
Uh, what do you say when a customer asks you, what do other companies do? I get that question asked all the time when I'm consulting. And I don't know how to answer that because I, I think that question serves two purposes to the client. One, they want to gauge your experience. And two, they really want to know what other clients are doing. And should you be telling them what other clients are doing? Well, uh, my, my answer is that it really depends on the context and the details around what you, what your, you know, your business uh, environment and what you're trying to get done. No, well, see, that's the problem. It, the question like, is so open-ended. It is, I know. It's it's such it, you can you can really dig deep and d- dig yourself into a hole. But I think people want to hear a couple of examples. So I usually give a couple of examples. Well, some companies do this, depending on whatever, and then some others might do this other thing. I feel like that's dancing around the question, though. <laughs> but and, that's all you can do. Here's my problem. I, there's my no problem answer. There's question. no answer to that question. <laughs> exactly. My problem with that question is I don't think there's a good way of answering that question because either a you 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 um, run the risk of endangering your kind of uh, NDA, so to speak. You really can't really yeah. talk about how this company solves their problems because that's their IP, right? And I, so, so I can't yeah. technically share you this, share this with you. So I have to dance around and, and speak in really vague terms of things that I think I can share, right? Um, at the same time, I feel vulnerable because I'm trying to express my experience. I'm trying to show that yes, I've had this question asked of me before, and I've I've provided a solution for this before. But I'm still in vague terms, try not to give details of that because A, we're just in the sales cycle. I don't want to give anything away for free. And two, I can't give away anything for free because this is under, this is someone else's IP. Yep. Um, so I feel really weird about that question, but it's such a common yeah. question to get asked, especially of consultants. Well, and people always want to benchmark against, every, you know, their peers. Mm-hmm. If you're doing what everyone else is doing, then you can't be that wrong, right? I mean... You're not gonna. Right. You may not set the world on fire and, and is be this, something innovative. Is this crazy? But, what I'm asking right. for is this crazy off right. the wall? Yeah, you know, type of stuff. And I think, I think, I think, you know, I, oh no, I know what the answer is. When they say, "Oh, what are other companies doing?" I would say, "Well, usually what other companies do is they look at their own situation and their own context and requirements, <laughs> and they do what the right thing is for them." That's so passive. aggressive. Oh, it is. That's, that's a passive aggressive thing. That's me. <laughs> do you really answer it that way? No, but I'm going to start now. I'm glad you brought this up. <laughs> I have to add that to my repertoire of being a smartass. It's, it's, it's quite a thick book at this point. <laughs> that, that that for me is such a tough question to answer. I'm I'm never really sure, and I do dance around it, and I feel like I sound like an ass throughout it. Um, follow-up question to that. Do I sound like an ass on the phone? <laughs> Here's the situation. I'll paint, I'll paint a picture. Oh, that's a real question. This, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll paint a picture. Is I'm on the phone with a client who's asking me all these weird questions. So, and I'm talking, and Jeremy only hears one side of the conversation. He hears my responses, and so sometimes I get insecure when Jeremy's li- when I think Jeremy's listening to me, and I feel like I sound like an ass half the time because I'm 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 trying to do that dance. You know, they've asked me a question, but I'm trying to be non-committal and I'm trying to answer in very g- vague general terms. And so I'm I'm talking and I feel like I'm talking like for better or for worse, uh don't take this the wrong way, like a salesperson. Like I'm just kind of giving this pitch and I'm talking in all these really high-level vague terms and I feel like I sound like an ass. Yeah. No, I And so I wonder, you know, if Jeremy's listening to me because I get insecure. I'm like, Jeremy's going to hear me say this and he's going to think I'm all okay, wrong. So he's going to be like, oh, you're stupid. No, That's the wrong answer. No, this is, okay. I, this is funny you bring this up because I almost posted earlier in the Slack about an hour ago when you're on that call that I love listening to John <laughs> on these calls. <laughs> 
Because uh, I, I no, I, I felt really. I'm so. I'm here. I know. I'm not only am I uncomfortable with the client because they're asking me all these really specific questions, and I have to. It's it, it, it's it's one of those calls. It's it's in a pre-sale state. I don't want to be the one that costs a sale. So I want to be as confident and answer questions in a way that's either it's vague and confident and, and hopefully tries to convey my point. Right. And that's really hard to do. And then add in the insecurity of Jeremy's listening to me right now. He can hear everything I say. Yep. <laughs> am, am I saying this right? Am I conveying this right? Am I wrong? He knows what I know. And he probably knows more than me. And he's going to be like, you're full of shit. No. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't really paying attention to the details of what you're saying, but I just, I could tell that type of call that you're on. Yeah, that's one of those things you have to do. Uh, uh, a friend of mine, this is somebody you know. I won't say their name. They, might, they have the same first name as me, though. The name's Jeremy. I guess I can say that. Okay, I know. But he, he's got this theory that, you know, regardless of someone's actual skills or capabilities or value they add, it's it's the most confident people that that are become that do the best. You know, that are the most successful. Regardless of actual capability, it's confident. And in his, and I think his theory is really it's the obliviously confident people that become extraordinarily wealthy. <laughs> and I think there's some truth to that. Saying, I, I, I'm, I've I'm seen this. Confident? No, I'm just saying I've seen this phenomenon, you know, happen. <laughs> I, I've, I see it. Not in all cases. I mean, not, I'm not saying that all wealthy people are morons, but I certainly see plenty of people who are morons that are, that are wealthy because, because that, and maybe that's maybe that's a good thing, you know. They're they're confident, and they they don't, you know, they're not going to um, constantly. I mean, then you got people like you and I that are constantly second guess ourselves. Yeah, that we're always we're always concerned with making sure that we're doing the right thing and we have the right answer. We're not making up bull crap, you know. But unfortunately, that hamstrings us financially and success wise. <laughs> it's the I'm world poor because I'm honest. Yes, <laughs> that's the title right there. <laughs> Uh, I know my kids are going to have to go to community college. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, I, I've got, um, I got a topic here. All right. Um, let's say you're doing, and this is something that we've kind of talked about, but I've really, I want to drill down here on, and let's say you're doing a, an integration and it's critical that you get, that you're getting changes that come happen in Salesforce as real time as possible out of, out of Salesforce into, you know, whatever, wherever they're going to other systems. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got a few options, right? There's good old you know, outbound. Well, you've got uh, the, let's, let's back up to the beginning. You've got the, what are they called? The polling API? No, the replication API, which is just like, it's in the SOAP API, but you can call it get updated or whatever. And it, right. it you know, gives you basically a list of all these things that have changed since you called it last. So you actually have to give it a, a, a timestamp. Right. And it just basically, I think it does like a last modified query. Yeah. Right. So there's that. And then you got things that are more proactive, like outbound messaging. That was, mm-hmm. was that the first one that was totally like, you know, proactive kind of? Yeah, it was. <clears throat> so, you know, outbound messaging, I mean, it, it's, it'll basically fire you a, um, a, a SOAP call. That in, so that's, that's one I mean, aspect it was, of it. It was like, the closest it's, thing it's we got call. to near real <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. It's a SOAP call and you have to implement its wisdom. Mm-hmm. So for better or worse, just something to keep in mind. But also, and there's a time limit associated. You had to respond within three seconds, two seconds. Oh, in, the, in order for it to can be considered acknowledged. Or yeah, something? so you okay. weren't you weren't really intended to res, to respond to receive the notification and process. You were intended to say, "Hey, I got this message. I'm going to go do my thing. Here you go. I've got it." 
Right. So you you would need to do the actual processing in another thread or right. whatever, perhaps. Yeah. Just return. It's it's like kind of like um and and you know in and apps with UIs don't don't do expensive stuff on the on the UI thread. Mm-hmm. Do that on a separate thread. Yeah. And the other thing about outbound messages is they technically go into a queue first, I think, and that queue right. may be short. And and you're getting you know quasi real time, but that queue could also be quite long depending on and again the luck of the pod, <laughs> right? The luck of the pod. Some pods are good, some are bad, and and if it's good now, it might be bad later, and vice versa. So, uh, so that's that, that's another catch to to outbound messages, right? So what else what else do we have nowadays? So that we have um, streaming API. streaming API, and that's kind of cool because you can do the kind of the whole um, comet thing, right? Long polling. So you uh, you basically make a call to Salesforce. So the client, it's interesting, instead of the server calling the client saying, hey, I, something just changed. Instead, the client calls Salesforce and says, hey, um, I want to know if something happens to these certain sets of things, but I'm just going to, just don't hang up on me, but just set the phone down. Yeah, exactly. And, and when something happens, just pick it up and say something to me, right? That's, that's, that's long polling, essentially. And that's something I don't have much experience with, but I, I think you explained it to me. Earlier, and which, which I didn't realize. That. I mean, it's, it's almost like a it's almost like a chat protocol. I mean, it, there's a port involved. There's a socket involved, a web socket involved, and so you have a port, and that just kind of listens, and so you get communications through that channel. There is, and about I'm guessing like ten years ago, there was a whole set of technologies that that not a set, but each platform kind of had its own version that actually allows the server to not have to keep sockets open, hmm. um, in order to um, because you know a computer only has what sixty five thousand. There's only 65,000 ports. Only. Well, when you're talking about... I know, I know. <laughs> you know, thousands or mil- millions of... I mean, this uh, is a pod, so they yeah, share exactly. technology. It's not just you. And I think it's Salesforce allows you to have like 2,000 open, you know, v- virtual sockets essentially per like per topic or whatever. So they the limits are high. I mean, you could... Anyway, it's been until this... until I can't, I, can't, I can't think of the, the name of these were. But anyway, it, it, until those came out, I mean, it was, it was not really possible. Is it's, it almost like network kind of sniffing where you you just kind of look for your IP and then once you see your IP you pick it up that type of situation with a socket I I, I don't know about the actual implementations mm. of how that works but I know that it doesn't require uh, the server to keep all these connections in memory that does you know so anyway um, so that's cool because you can just the client can say let me know if anything happens and I'm just gonna sit here and wait until you tell me mm-hmm. and and you know as events happen server tells you but you just keep that socket open and you just you're still listening so server says, hey, something happened, and you fire off a different thread to go process that, because again, you want you want to keep the actual communication line free. You don't want to be like a party line, right, where everyone jumps on and people won't shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so party that's... that's you pre- had a party line, didn't you? I've never had a party line. In fact, I remember going over to a friend's house when I was little, and they had a party line. I'm like, what the hell is this? This is a foreign concept to me. <laughs> Your neighbors could just get on the phone and, yeah. and say, hey, can I, you know, when are you going to be off? I need to make a phone call. Yeah. What? What is this? I mean, our, our, and I guess back then phone lines were so expensive that that was actually yeah. a thing. And you could cut the cost of your phone line down if you just uh, shared it with your neighbors. So weird. Anyway, um, so that's, yeah, that's the streaming API. You know, you, I think you give it a query. You have to give it like a SQL query. And you can say, um, anytime, you know, follow things that match this query, I guess. And if anything changes, then I want to know about it. You're kind of defining the scope of your message. Right. Yeah. And so it uses, you know, the whole comment protocol right and so that's and that's that i mean i think the limits are, are generous you can uh i think it's i don't think 
it goes into queues. I mean, I, th- I don't think it queues near as much as something like outbound messaging would. It's it's designed it to be pretty it, damn real a, time. It's right? a fire and forget type situation. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, let me um, let me uh, specify. I think I read that as of version thirty seven, that there is a, there's they've added some kind of reliable and durable messaging. So if you if you're if you're not talking to the server right now, or if you if you lose connection for a while, uh, they will store those messages for up to twenty four hours, just like outbound messaging does. So you can replay and also them. just like platform events do. Yes. So mm-hmm. if you call back later, you can. I think anyway. The the cynical side of me is saying that was because of Heroku. Heroku. I don't think it. I actually don't think it had anything to do with Heroku. Could be I wrong. do. Okay. Because I, that's at least at least a uh, few six seven year ago. <laughs> a year ago, I was going to say speaking months. some weird English here. I was going to say months, but I I meant to say year. Okay. Um, anyway. when I was talking to them about how they did their replication, it was using the streaming API. So they use the streaming API plus, you know, a, a batch job that will sync and make sure that everything is is kosher. Um, but they were using the the streaming API to do the replication down to the Postgres database. That, that's fine. You can use you can use streaming for more than one technology, one more than one purpose. And I get, I would bet you. I'm that, just saying, not of I'm, anybody. I'm, I would bet of, you that the streaming API does has nothing to do with the Heroku or AWS stack. I bet it all lives in Salesforce pods. <laughs> That's just my bet, though. I don't know. Well, no, it I, doesn't really matter either. I but. agree. I, I just, I just think the, the point I was trying to make is that that out of when Salesforce makes a change or, or tries to improve a technology, it just has to has to tie back to a customer or a a need or something that says, "Hey, this is ROI." And I think it was it was. I, w- I would bet to say it was the Heroku Postgres okay. replication yeah. that made that happen. Could have inspired the, the the feature, I guess. Yeah. What was I going to say about this though? Um, durability, yeah, twenty four hours, no queuing. Um, oh, yeah. So when you when you call the server and say, "Hey, I'd like to listen to this push topic," they call them push topics, right? Is that what it mm-hmm. is? Yeah. Want to listen to this topic? Um, you give you give the server a value of a replay ID. And you can, there's a couple of magic values. I think negative, like negative one and negative two. One of them means give me everything that you have starting from the 24 hour ago point and just rerun everything up until now. That's one of them. The other, one of the other magic, magic values is I don't care about anything that happened before right now, but anything that happens after right now, I want to know about it. Right. Hmm. And then there's actual values of, of previous messages. So every message that it sends you has an ID. And if you tell, if you call the server and say, hey, I want to start listening for messages, by the way, the last ID I saw was this it knows to replay you everything after that, which is how you can kind of catch up if you got like five, 10 minutes, an hour behind yeah. or whatever. Now, I believe Platform Events has the same exact protocol and they use the same same type of replay ID and all that. Now, with Platform Events, so this is my next option for this. You know, you have to define, uh, define the event, the shape of the event. It's not necessarily an S object change. It could be anything, right? It's just, it's a custom defined generic notion of an event, something happened, and you can put whatever fields on that you want. You know, it's almost like yeah. defining a new a new S- or a custom object. But you really have to strictly define that message, right? You do, yeah. And, yeah. You, and put whatever you want on. And you also have to surface, you have to, you have to, um, what do you call it when you throw an event? You have to... Um, Broadcast? Yeah, I guess, on, on your own. So you, I think you, if you, if you would like to do a, if you would like to implement what my kind of use case here with platform events, you have to create the event type. Mm-hmm. And then you have to ha- create some kind of trigger that then you have, I think you have it's up to you to manually then throw these or you know surface these what's the word called broadcast is no, the right there's word. A, there's another word what you do to events what do you do to events uh, anyway to create the events and put them on the, the wire you have to do all that yourself and and there's some benefits I 
you know, there's, there's use cases for platform events that having that level of control over event generation, all that is, is super useful. Yeah. In my case, I don't see that. I don't see any value I'm getting with that over. In fact, I think it's a less value because I'm having to do more that for my use case doesn't matter at all. I'm totally fine with like, what the streaming API does, which you, is. Did you describe your use case? I mean, you're, you're trying my to. Use, I did. My direction. So, so here's my. No, 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 right? no, 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 no. My use case is, I'm, I'm trying to boil it down even simpler than that. Okay. My use case is, I need to know when anything related to like a certain set of accounts or a certain set of contacts or whatever changes. Okay. That's, that's my use case. And yeah, there's it's bigger bigger story. There's like a bidirectional. I mean, there's there's highly latency sensitive stuff going on. And I think I think that's the key because I think most of us in certain situations kind of deal with latency. We kind of accept the latency and go the odds of this ish, this latency issue being an issue, an actual issue, is minimal. It's like one percent. And so well, that's pretty high, actually. That's one nine. Okay, point zero zero one percent. Because John has low got... standards. One <laughs> percent is not yeah. a low standard. One out of one out of every hundred records is going to be uh, corrupted. No, that, that's acceptable, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. It's just the next time it runs, it'll 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 fix itself. No, okay. That that's mm-hmm. the whole thing with one with, with the one percent. It's just the next time it runs, it'll fix itself. Right. Um. But but you're trying to get that down to nothing. Mm, I'm trying to minimize it, right? Because if the latency is low enough, yes, the odds of anything going wrong are very low. But the well, o- explain the latency that you're talking about, because when you when you contacted me and talked about the different scenarios, we're, we're, we talked about a lot of different things. We talked about users, you know, on a screen trying to save a record, and the integration is trying to save a record because this is bidirectional. We talked about users were of that other system where that interaction is happening and it starts in the database and then who takes priority and all those kind of things. I mean, we're talking about something that could be extremely transactional. What's well, yeah. And it gets into, con, you know, contention, right. But, and there's no, there's no transactions here. That's the thing. I mean, there's no, what is it? What, you know, distributed transaction. There's we have no two distributed two phase commit. We are, we're trying to approximate, we're trying to avoid, right? That's the thing. Right. We're trying to avoid have, having to do something like distributed transactions and you're, by, you're, by you're reducing other... latency to the point that the odds of us having some kind of, uh, you know, like a concurrency or contention right. based problem are so low that it doesn't really matter. Right. And, and to add to that, you're, constraint is you can't modify the existing data structure so at best you can you can augment the data structure with a new data data you, type you can't wait too specific about the actual other parts of it which don't matter well, no, for the it, purpose it, of this conversation no it, it's important to me because you know as i as i brought up if if a record gets inserted into the database and that database doesn't track who modified it or when how do you know how do you end up how do you not end up in a in a in a infinite loop because now you're sending updates to Salesforce. Salesforce is now sending syncs back because it's bi-directional. How do you not do that? And so for me, that's really important to understand because now you have to have some way you, of you augmenting that. But you're that. totally, you're going down a thing I didn't, that's not even part of, I don't want that to be the, the topic of conversation here. That's a whole other thing. Mm, okay. I'm just trying to keep focused on what's the best technology to use if you just want as the lowest latency notifications about change out of Salesforce as possible. That's, that's what I want to Keep this too. There's all kinds of other problems that we can talk about on another day, but that's the problem I want to talk about here. Well, that's a factor to and, me. And so what I'm really, if it's not a factor to you, then go ahead. It is, but that's a separate problem. That regardless of regardless of latency, if you want to try to detect, or if you want to try to prevent, in your in what you're talking about well, with with um like uh, 
in, you know, can, um, infinite well, loops and an things like that. An infinite loop is not a latency issue. No, it's not, which is why I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Okay. You want to talk about latencies? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, okay. I, and I'm trying to get someone, I'll convince me, push, uh, sorry, convince me on streaming API or platform events for what my use case is. In fact, here's what I want to know. I, I'm, I want to do the streaming API. This is something I've- Those I are mean, two different things though. I know that, I know. So I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, I want to do a streaming API, okay. but I want someone to convince me why platform events is actually better. Because platform events, you know, it's all the hotness and everyone wants to do it. It's I'm, not. I'm telling you, why do I want, why would I, why platform events for this use case? Platform events will get you transactional support into Salesforce. Sub- the streaming API will get you transactional events see, out of I Salesforce. I read, I read, no, oh, see, I guess I don't know what you mean by transactional. Um, it's two different directions. Right. Platform okay. against gets you real time into you're, Salesforce. You're not referring to the atomicity of, of transactions. You're talking no. about, okay, I, I, I so, misunderstood what you're saying. Okay. So platform events will get you transactional support into Salesforce. Streaming API will get you near, don't, 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 you know, fire me over this, will get you near real time transactional events out of Salesforce. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired, John. I don't, I don't care about that. Okay. I, I think I, I think I kind of understand that. Yeah. Um, anyway. But I think you're on the right track. I've used. I, mean, um, I think those are the two technologies. Mm-hmm. If you want near real time, I keep saying near. Near well, is that's my. A, near that's is as good as it's going to get. Because near, I think for Salesforce, it's you know Salesforce commits the transaction and then probably fires off the streaming message, right? Because they're not going to send you the streaming message until that transaction is done, because something right. could roll it back, right? So it's not until it's done. So that's why it's kind of near real time because it's after the transaction is actually committed. Do you think anything in Salesforce will ever be real time? I don't think so. Well, sure, triggers are real time. No, they happen within the, tr- in the transaction. You can cancel the transaction. That's I mean, true. That's the only thing that's real time. You can never, from a, from an outbound perspective, you can never say this is a real time transaction to Salesforce. And well, if someone says that, they're kind of skirting the truth and, because everything is done through their. And layers. the definition of real time gets quite academic when you get into actually real time, like real time operating systems and things like that. So, yeah, and that's out of my bailiwick. Ooh, Bailiwick. Yeah. I heard that word. Oh, you like before. that one? Uh, there used to, um, back in my BBSing days, there was like a, I think it was local. I'm not sure there was a BBS. It was a big one. Like there was one of those that someone, some nerd in his garage had like bank of like 50, you know, US robotics <laughs> modems. Uh, and it was called the Bailiwick. Nice. God, I hope that wasn't one of the porn ones or something like that. That'd be embarrassing, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I never visited any of those BBSs. I would never do that. Of course not. As a 14 year old kid. Um, John, Bitcoin down to ten thousand today. Can you believe that? Still a fad. It was, well, it was. No, I'm saying down to twenty thousand. Down to ten thousand. It was twenty thousand two weeks ago, and then it dropped to fifteen. Everyone's like yeah, buying on the dip. I know. So tons of people That's bought at fifteen thousand. It's and now, still a fad. Today, um, I think there was news of like potential regulation. Actually, I think what it is is all these other cryptocurrencies that people are trying to launch, and they're doing their ICOs, which yeah. cracks me up. And the initial coin offering. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that I, is hilarious. I think just th- those, the news of those is, is I think the, the perception is that's raising visibility amongst the regulators, you know, and the Fed who's like, hey, we don't want you doing this. Um, to the, it's, it's, it's reaching a critical mass that it's going gonna, it's gonna to attract the regulator attention yeah. and it's going to come, you know, crashing it all down. Yeah, I agree. I just, I just want my Bitcoin transaction price to decrease. I'm still trying to pay a couple of shady websites right now. <laughs> And the thing is, I can need to pay them a twenty bucks, but the fee is like seventeen dollars. I'm not going to do that. It's almost a hundred percent markup. <laughs> is, is it wrong to say that there are a few websites that I'm like, do you accept Bitcoin? Because <laughs> if not, I can't do this. Yeah. 
This is a judgment-free zone, John. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. My wife is the accountant. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. She reviews all the transactions. <laughs> well, especially around tax time. And it's tax time. Yeah, it is. So she'll be combing my credit card records. Speaking of tax time, I got all, I did finish all my like business tax stuff. The 940s and the 941s and the W2s and the 1099s. So you're not going to do extension this year? I'm actually, this is my goal for the first time in <laughs> probably 15 years to not do an extension. My CPA mm-hmm. offers a bonus to you if you get him everything by the end of January. Yeah, actually we have not much, end of February on ours. Do you? Okay. For but, the bonus? Um, <laughs> for the I, discount? I, it's it's Early funny discount. I'm the one pushing for the extension. I'm like, mm, let's do an extension. Yeah. Well, also, you know, you have until when you actually file your tax return to to do certain things. Like, for example, make payments to, into IRAs. Yeah. Um, if you have a... What's well, see, see that's, that's the key because what you can do it, for, for those trying, trying to understand this whole independent thing, um, what you can do to kind of limit your tax liability is obviously get an SCP, which has which allows you to put more into your yeah. kind of for, your self-employed 401k plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what you can do is you can shovel a bunch of money into that, which reduces your tax liability so you end up having to pay less in taxes. Right. And so that's what we're talking about when we but say- But now your money's locked up in a SEP and you can't- Right. You, know, you can't and take it out. And oftentimes it takes a ton of money to get out of a certain bracket. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, to be able to do that, what you can do is you can you can apply for an extension and you can take some of the money that you made this year- yeah. To pay for last year, that's a, that's a crappy cycle. Tax though, right? Isn't that a, and now next year you're doing the same thing. You're trying to reduce your tax yes. liability. So you're in this endless cycle of trying to reduce your tax liability. Yep. I know. Um, I always say there, there's there's uh, uh, well, never mind. I'm not going to say it because it's going to get controversial. Okay, no, let's not do that. <laughs> well, I also saw today that Apple is planning on contributing 350 billion dollars to the U.S. economy over the next five years. Uh, Tim Cook says, we we believe deeply in the power of American ingenuity, and we are focusing our investments in areas where we can have a direct impact on job creation and job preparedness. Awesome. We have a deep sense of responsibility to give back to our community and the people who make our success possible. So they're doing all these new investments. Incredible. In fact, we just talked um, a couple weeks ago about this uh, this former like chip manufacturing facility up in Sherman that they just mm-hmm. bought. Or they didn't buy, sorry. They're essentially, you know, funding. They're yeah, they're bankrolling the company that is going to move in there and make some chip for the. Know, was it the the W one chip or one of these? I can't remember something for. I don't know. It was the face recognition. Was it? That's right. Yeah. The infrared. The bit, dot printer. The dot streamer or whatever it was the, called. The face dot the, printer. What was it? Dot projector. Is yeah. that what it was? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, what else? So spending, um, they say they're going to spend a lot with domestic companies for just various supply and manufacturing. Also, um, this is interesting. So you know this new tax bill that we've passed that that re- reduces, you know, it reduces corporate tax rates. So all these companies that have been keeping massive amounts of cash overseas, Apple being mm-hmm. one of the poster children for that. So they're bringing back, I think, two hundred and fifty billion in cash, and wow. their tax bill on that is going to be forty billion. So they're going to pay. That's part of their con- what he's talking about with the contribution. They're literally just forty billion dollar check, you know, to the American people. Unless they give bonuses, and they can reduce. That. Well, that's next because I just this just in <laughs> this ju- literally just in came up on my watch. Uh, Apple will be giving twenty five hundred dollar bonuses to all employees. Yeah, see, see, people don't they they hear these headlines and they think, oh, this company is great. They're giving bonuses. That's awesome. This new tax law, this new tax law gives them a, the the allowance to give them bonuses. It's just it's just them playing the game. They're playing the game. But it's Tim reducing Cook tax playing? liability just like us. Well, yeah, but you know, I mean the thing is like 
when you you're reducing your tax liability by paying future John. Right. Apple doesn't. They're paying. They're not paying their future Apple. They're they're pay, they're just no. They're they're, they're they're investing in their employees. They're reducing the chances that those employees are going well, to go somewhere else. That's that's true. They're that's, investing right, in their company. Right. But that money is leaving the entity of Apple. But still, it, I'd, if if I had to leave money, I'd rather it go to my my totally, people totally than agree. to the government. Yep, I totally agree. But you you have you don't have the human resources view of people, and apparently Apple doesn't either. Maybe they do. Who knows? Did you just call people resources. Uh, I think so. Something like that. Also, um. Okay. Hypocrite? Oh, you know how I feel. People are not resources. Uh, 20,000 new jobs over the They're next five years. Clip ready. That's awesome. It wasn't really ready. 20,000 new jobs, John, next five years. And a, a, yet another new Apple campus. What do you think? It'll, another one? Yeah, I know. wonder where it would oh. go. I, mean, I would guess Austin. but No. No? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Anyway. We also have details about um, some more details about the Google Salesforce partnership. Do you remember that they announced? I think that was yeah. a Dreamforce, right? Do you see this? Yeah. I, I, Do you have this on your list? I did. I, got, I only made, I took a couple of points from it. One is that the Google Analytics 360 users can now import data from Salesforce. And I guess, and I've never used Google Analytics 360. It almost sounds like a Microsoft product. I guess that's 365. It's, it's five mm-hmm. off. It's kind of close. <laughs> Awfully close there. A little close for comfort, huh? That's well, a circle. <laughs> I guess so. Um, Microsoft just goes the no, extra I, five mile. I guess that's their is that their kind of user friendly. Um, what do you call it? like an, you know BI kind of analytics type of thing, kind of like Wave is. Yeah, which is weird. So we, now we're we're making it easier for people to use probably the much cheaper Google analytics product versus the expensive Salesforce Wave product. We're just commodi- commoditizing data. Yeah, I guess so. Your data is now a product. and then they also added a connector, a, a BigQuery connector to sell to your Salesforce data. So BigQuery is their, um, I guess it's also a type of, well, it's a data warehouse, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know what the difference is between BigQuery and Google Analytics 360. I'm guessing BigQuery is more um, traditional. Yeah, you know, you need to kind of know, you need to be good with data, know how to structure queries and things like that. Whereas Google Analytics 360, that sounds like a more consumer like I'm a business guy kind of product. Yeah. Anyway, what what did you have on that topic? Uh, pretty much that. I mean, my, my thoughts are that just we're going to con- continue to commoditize data. So all your data that comes from your all your IoT devices. Yeah, yeah. Which we're not calling IoT anymore. We're calling AI devices, by the way. What? Yes. No, AI devices? Yes. No. Yes. God. You don't follow CES, so you don't know. I'm surprised they just didn't go ahead and jump and call them blockchain devices. Uh, they're working on it. That's <laughs> next year. Next year, CES, it'll be blockchain devices. Uh, but no, no. CES, no. Every, Dreamforce. It'll be Dreamforce. Every, Salesforce will, will lead the pack on this one. And <laughs> no, they re- won't. <laughs> when it comes to consumer electronics, uh, devices that sit in your home, devices that are monitoring your home, devices that are watching you in your home, listening to you in your home at all times, um, that's what CES is about. Mm. And in, in fact, I, I said last time I was going to do a video, but I kind of got discouraged when I was watching all the, the CES stuff. A lot of it was kind of fluff. A lot of it was kind of just kind of technology that could come and go. The stuff that concerned me was all the AI push, the CES, the 
stuff that was always listening, the stuff that was always on type stuff. Like half the stuff in your house? And, your doorbells, your echoes, and, and your, your phone. It, they bill it as this kind of convenience device. Oh, you can yeah. you can do this, and it, it just listens. And you just say this, and you say this word, you say this keyword, and your phone responds, or it's always looking. It, there's a camera, and it's always looking at your fridge, and it can order stuff automatically for you, all this kind of stuff. It sounds really great. It sounds like this really great convenience. I don't have to worry about that anymore. But the truth is, it's always monitoring. It's always listening. And everything you say and do is being recorded. Yeah. And I don't worry as much about, you know, like the the Amazons and the Apples of the world, although I, although I do, but not as much as these smaller companies. The, you know, the little yeah. IP camera companies and the, the doorbell things and yeah. all the, that. That's what I worry about more. Yeah. And, you know, because then you get the sales forces of the world that are salivating and, and making who knows what kind of deals to get access to this data because they're going to incorporate it into their journey. They're going to have you on it and they want to know where you're at on their journey. And that's not a lie. And, on uh, the, and funny the, enough, I and think the super one of the recent cookies and the tracking was, cookies and, was a partnership with, with Amazon ads. I, I, didn't, I didn't read the topic, so I didn't want to get into it, but I did see a headline about Salesforce partnering with Google to kind of streamline the uh, Google Ads process. Yeah, I mean, Salesforce with their marketing, all their marketing products, I mean, they're trying to give marketers what they want. And what do marketers want? They want everything. Or, they want everything. They want every little detail about you. They can, as long as they don't do, as long as nothing illegal happens that can be tracked back to them, they want it all. They want yeah, I mean, everything about you. They will walk that edge of illegal. Yep. And, and they'll <laughs> somehow, through some shell company or because of a vendor, you know, it wasn't them or whatever. There's always... Well, it's always ways to get out of these things. Remember, remember, Jeremy, we're all heading to creepy. I know. Our, our friend, Daddy Benioff, he made that very clear to us. He did. I mean, we're what, all heading to creepy. We all know that. We all, yeah, we all know that. We, all know, we, just, we know it. And he said that. That was years ago he said that, John. When was that? That was three years ago. I will, I will say this. He is a, a soothsayer. You think so? I don't think that was hard to predict because he no. knew he knew what they were doing with their marketing products, and he still does. It's it's all tied into stuff. I mean, look at look at the, the other news today. Instagram now for the first time ever integrated with the Commerce Cloud. Why? Because everyone's on Instagram, and now it's just another way to track every, what everyone's doing. Because again, the market Salesforce, listen, they're they're doing what they should be doing, which is giving their customers what they want. Mm-hmm. It just I just happen to not like this business. All right. So okay, this lets listen. I'm just going to read some from this. It lets retailers create shoppable posts directly in the commerce cloud where they're already managing their commerce sites. It also allows Instagram content to automatically update when catalog items are replaced. Okay, that's not that bad. Uh, you got a connection between Salesforce and Google's ad pipeline to connect the best products mm-hmm. with the right ad at the right time to push sale completion. That means that they're ta- that's what they're talking about. They Based on exactly you, what you're doing, where you've been, what, what Amazon has listened to you say, mm-hmm. because every time I have a conversation in my house with my wife about something, I can turn on my computer and go to the browse, you do some Google searches, and I start seeing ads for what we just talked about. Which happens. It happens all the time now. And I don't know if it's the, the Echo thing, or if it's my phone, or if it's my doorbell, or my stupid or your light bulbs. History. My, super, my, my light bulbs, they change colors. Oh, isn't that cute? Oh, let's have a party. <laughs> my kids want me to put it in dance mode so they can dance. I'm like, this is, you know, they're spying on us. And they this are. is just another way. Let's see. Uh, you got Salesforce Live Message, uh, which is now available in, in Commerce Cloud. I guess I don't know if that's part of this or not. And pre yeah, pre built personalized custom customer journeys that can now be deployed through Commerce Cloud to local stores. And I guess that's also a, a uh, 
an Instagram thing. But yeah, I mean, it's just they're integrating with everything. Is the point? Yeah, that's the point. That's that I. That's the message I take from this. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's I guess that's what they should be doing. Because people listen. If Salesforce can do all that kind of stuff, people are going to pay through the nose for it. If if not them, who? Someone. Yeah, Th- I, I tell you, Microsoft, Adobe. Yeah. I mean, Google I mean, the, I mean that, that's the reality of what we're in. We're in this world of sales. We're in this world of trying to collect as much information to be able to target and market to people in order to get them to buy something. Yeah, yeah. We are in this business to get someone to buy something. We're in this business to get someone to take a dollar and transfer it to someone else. That's the reality of what you are in yeah. when you're talking about the Salesforce yep. world. And, and so it's good. It's uh, For us in this industry, it is a good thing that they are doing this. Now, some of us may have some ethical quandaries about this, depending on how they so, approach this. And, and but it's it's know. an arms race, John. Was it, it was is. it was it good that we we built you know eight hundred nuclear warheads when the Soviet Union you know only had seven hundred? I, I guess kinda. I guess kinda because we're the superpower. I, I Over guess them, I don't know. I mean, our button is worth more than their button. It's yeah. a numbers game, right? I don't know. I'm just saying, it's a numbers game, right? Our numbers outnumber their numbers. I, I can just tell you, and I think, I'm sure I've said this before, but you know, once you're done with Facebook and these things, log out. Log yes. out of the Facebook, folks. Well, I, I use a separate browser for... You should. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Or go into incognito, log in there. Yeah. One of the two. But even then, it, it, it's still hard. If you go and buy something on Amazon, you're now in the ecosystem. They know what you bought. They know what That's you true. like. They yep. know what you've looked at. They know what you browse. Well, don't don't get me started on the monoculture that is that is Amazon. And I'm a I'm I'm totally to blame for this. But this Amazon thing is becoming a problem. Their dominance is becoming well, a big Amazon problem. has an advantage because they know what you browsed, what you thought about buying. They know what you what you kind of were interested <laughs> they, in. They know. Whereas a retailer know. like Target or something, they they only know what you bought. They only know what you well, actually physically bought. And and but I was Amazon talking to, I knows was, what you thought about oh, buying. that's true they know oh they know everything you searched for you looked yeah. at you know you which ones you hovered your mouse over more yeah they, i mean that, they've got all this they probably know i mean look think about that the new iphone 10 is it's got face id it's constantly looking at you yeah <laughs> it, <laughs> <laughs> it knows more about you than you do but no the thing that bothers me about amazon it's that's not necessarily the this the tracking and spying it's their market power their market dominance I mean, wh- who who is the number two? Who's the runner-up to Amazon? There is not one. Apple. And and they're, now they're buying grocery stores, and they want to buy Target and all kinds of stores for the, for, the, for the stores that are left. What do you think they want to do with them? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they want to turn them into little, that's where all of us little Amazon drones go to pick up our orders that we can't, we can't wait for. We cannot wait for the two-day prime <laughs> delivery. You know? <laughs> you say that, but I always check the box of prime delivery. Filter by Prime Delivery. Oh, you filter by? Yeah. yeah. I don't do that just because usually everything's Prime. But, you know, Prime's a scam too. It's like, <laughs> Prime is just, they just pre, they just pre-add the shipping price into the sale price. I mean, half the stuff on Prime, it's actually not a good deal. You're not getting free shipping. You're paying for it just you know, for the I price of the that. item. I've, I've yeah. gone to, to websites directly uh, of a product and it's cheaper than Amazon. Right. Or you look at, you look at the seller that's selling on Amazon that's not Prime and it's, it's exactly reduced by the amount of, the, they're selling it, um, yeah, they're selling it for a reduced amount, but it's exactly the shipping price. When you yeah. add the amount they're selling it for plus the shipping price, that's exactly equal to the prime price. Well, this well, is there, not, there's this is not a, a good deal. The community, uh, before you buy something on Amazon, check the actual manufacturer's website. You might find it's either the same price right. or less. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, you're not contributing to the board. Right. Anyway. Well, John, we're already an hour in. You got anything else that we, we need to cover this week? Um, I mean, this is more okay. tips. Oh, we have tips. Okay. I have a tip. All right. Uh, eliminate. Oh, you know what? Let's not forget. We need to talk about just so people can tra- plan travel now. The the day oh, after yeah. Trailhead DX. Yes. Let's talk about DX. Okay. So we're well. We're, we we can we can say we're planning, but no, I'm not sure who's planning. I thought we were planning, but I think someone no, else is planning. No, we haven't planned. Shit. That's why. <laughs> well, I thought we were going to start planning, but apparently someone else has already started planning. So I'm not sure whose hands or who's responsible for this. But either way, on uh, March 29th, I think is the date. Yes, the Friday, right? The At, Friday, the, the day after Trailhead. DX so is so over. Trailhead officially starts on a Wednesday and goes through Thursday. But there's a Monday Tuesday boot camp training session that you can go to, which costs extra money. Um. But the official conference starts on Tuesday. I'm sorry, on Wednesday and Thursday. It starts and what, on Wednesday. And what we're planning <laughs> is a Friday kind of alt conference. Um, well, I say we, but uh, we is members of the community, not just us. And so we're planning to meet up and we're trying to shape this. We're trying to figure out how this is going to look, how this is going to feel. And um, you have to be patient with us. Yeah, it's basically, it's been described as like a, a big, a, a, a user group of user groups. Yeah. Type of thing. So um, we're going to figure that out. We're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep. Uh, but go ahead. But when you book your travel, you may extend your hotel and your and your flight so that you can go to this thing on Friday. Yeah. And so you need to you basically, you know, don't fly home before Saturday. Basically. Well, to be specific, Jeremy and I are going to stay through Friday. Yeah, you don't have to, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our travel plans don't matter. I mean, okay. Specifics of that. I'm just saying. That's true. Saturday is Jeremy and John date. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to do some things. Yeah. I don't have the heart to tell tell him yet that that's not true. It's not happening anyway. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. I just want I just wanted to give people notice uh, so that they because like we already I've already booked our flights right so yeah. I want to make sure people know about this before they hopefully before they book their flights and everything. All right. Okay. Okay. And we'll I mean obviously as we get announceable details we'll uh, you'll you'll see it on um, probably on Slack and I don't know if they're going to prop up a website for this but oh wait no, we'll 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 let everyone on the on the on the on future episodes in, in case this is the only way you're finding out about this. All right. What was your, uh, t- your tip, John, your tips? Got some tips for us. <laughs> I don't have tips. John's tip of the day. Scott has tips. Okay. So, so Scott has this page. You, is this Scott Wells? Scott Wells. Okay. I just call him Scott. He's yeah, a diva. That's true. <laughs> he's another one of your divas. He's, an, he's, he's another diva. He goes by first name. I'm not sure he would agree to that that moniker but okay <laughs> so and the, the only reason i'm bringing this up is because i kind of knew this existed but i didn't know it existed does that make sense not really so Continue. i, I kind of knew that there were shortcuts and kind of keywords that you can do to kind of get limited cloud to kind of auto complete some stuff for you but i didn't really understand the the extent to where to what it would do for you so there's a, there's an entire page called live templates um, I'll put it in the show notes for you guys. Um, so if you're using Eliminate Cloud or you thought about losing Eliminate Cloud and you're trying to understand why I should use Eliminate Cloud or some kind of IDE over some kind of text editor, uh, it's because it can make your life a little bit easier. It can increase your productivity. You can also customize live templates. This is a yeah. this is an IntelliJ thing, but what? Well, yeah. So what? Which one is? What do you think? Uh, give us a couple of examples. Your favorite ones? Well, there's some for loops. So I <laughs> believe it or not, I write a lot of for loops. I don't know why. I just do. Well, probably because we don't have a 
we don't have any kind of functional APIs in, in Apex, so we still have to write for loops everywhere. Maybe. Maybe that could be it. Either way, I write a lot of for loops. Yep. <laughs> um, so, th so there's a lot of syntactical kind of keywords that you can put into. Um, one of the most notable that I didn't know existed, which prompted me to kind of talk about this, was the select all feature. I didn't know this existed, but you can do... For, for SQL queries, right? For SQL queries. Yeah. You can do cell, S-E-L. Asterisk. Uh, asterisk. And you can so get smart. the entire object. Yeah, no space though, SEL space. And then if you, I think it's you tab, or no, you, yeah, you tab and then it, and then you have to enter the, the it'll, it'll move you right to the from statement and you type in the table, yeah. uh, the object, right? Or whatever it sells for us calls it. Right. And uh, yeah, you tab out of that or hit enter and it, it will, it will expand that asterisk to be all, every field name. All right. Yeah. And th there, there are very few cases where I do that, but um, well, sometimes I need it. Sometimes, um, for example, if I just, if I need, like I said, I'm going to fill out a, a spreadsheet template for people to put data in or whatever. I yeah. can just, I can just go to that, do the SEL asterisk, and it gives me every column name. So I'll copy and paste, and I'll, I'll, you can do in, uh, what is it in Excel or whatever, like paste, uh, like, what is it? Um, paste. Oh, crap. You, no, you can, you can paste it in, and then you can do split fields or whatever. I can't remember what the command is in Excel, but it'll basically, it'll see all the commas in there, right? And it'll yeah. convert those into and, and make them all cells so that you've got now a nice spreadsheet template with a column for every field. Yeah. So, yeah, there's different uses for that. Yeah. So, in, ter in terms of productivity, I mean, it, it kind of reminded me that that existed and to go back and look and see what those are so that I can try, try to use them because I haven't really used them much in currently kind of been hand typing things but and there's also things like you know like if you if you type psfv tab for example it'll type out for you public static final void or whatever I mean, there's like all these all these different little live templates that yeah shortcut and in, in, a, in a language as robust as apex it kind of helps i mean even even with java java's gotten better but still there's all kinds of little things like that you can do too and they say that if you're writing java you're doing it wrong because your id should be writing it for you really uh, because I, I have a follow-up question. Well, in Apex, you're, you're not going to see that as much. This, this Just is because the tooling's not there yet. This, but is, this is a Trojan okay. topic. Uh -oh. You know why this is a Trojan topic? Because that's technically a snippet. Okay. And Jeremy said I couldn't write snippets because that's, that's IP. You can write them all you want. <laughs> you may not own them. You may think you do, but maybe you don't. <laughs> uh, <sighs> anyway. All right, John. That's all I got. I just wanted to take a dig at you. No, I want to use that, that that sniper topic to kind of take a dig at you. Okay. All right. Well, and to that, I say, good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs>